Hello and welcome to Booze and Banter. We're just average Joes drinking above average booze and having below average conversation. Each episode, we'll be covering a wide variety of topics with some fun banter in between. We'll review some booze and tell you whether or not it should go in your mini fridge. I'm Boardsy. Alongside me, my co-hosts, Fields and Baka Jabbar. What's up, everybody? It's Baka over here. You know, just living life every day like we know how we do. <laughs> okay, okay, this is Fields over here, yeah. Yep, the one and only. Okay. So, so this is episode one of Booze and Banter. Uh, we are starting out hot, <laughs> or not very much so, because Cole just took a shot of schnapps. I think this should be your thing, Nick. I, I I know you're not a big drinker, but take a I don't wanna take a real quick swig of peppermint schnapps. Fuck, I need you to uh, take a swig of something. It really clears the palate. I heard. Yeah. The schnapps does so. I I'll haven't brushed my teeth a... in about in about twelve years. Ever since I started drinking that schnapps, you know. I was gonna compliment you on how white they look too. That's the crazy yeah. part. So, so Bach is also a podcast host for The Obvious. Bach, would you mind giving us a rundown of what you guys do on that podcast? Um, Well, it's kind of like, you know, every other basic podcast out there. Um, Just four below average dudes talking about above average things. Um, Talk about sports, politics, a bunch of different stuff, random Reddit posts, just whatever comes to our mind, really. And uh, we've been running it for about... We're on oh, almost episode 60-ish now, so it's been pretty fun. I want to delve, dive more into the podcast world, per se. So uh, you're now just an average white guy with two below-average podcasts. Okay. Yeah, that you can say that again, dude. <laughs> so the reason why we wanted to bring Baca onto this podcast <laughs> is to bring a little bit of structure, but we decided uh, to completely go against his wishes and be completely unstructured. Why, yeah, why were you interested in starting a podcast? You know, uh, I don't know, you know. I just enjoy hanging out with you boys, so I thought, let's just fucking do it. I appreciate that. Let's get into, let's get into uh, question number one, Cole. Okay, yes. I had this 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 question that I've been fucking burning to ask you guys, but I saved it for today. What is, like, the biggest... Uh, what is the biggest, biggest like, like adult, adult animal that you think you could kill with your bare hands? The biggest adult animal I could kill with my bare hands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I could probably easily take on a koala bear. That's you think that's your biggest animal? Yeah, I could take on an adult koala bear. Yeah, I think I think you could do better though, Nick. I believe in you. I have no doubt to myself going one on one with the kangaroo. Oh, dude, they are pretty. How how much does a kangaroo weigh? You think fucking two hundred pounds? Above fifty big? to two hundred, yeah, I'd say, like six feet tall. I'm going, I'm going mano y mano against a kangaroo, and I'm gonna hit him with a chokehold. They're never gonna see it coming. It's never happened to them before. Fuck the boxing. I'm gonna get that arm bar shit in there, and we're going after it. Have you seen Kangaroo Jack? Isn't that the, the movie with the fucking kangaroo that comes and starts fucking up that one guy? Dude, not every kangaroo is like Jack. <laughs> we just gotta remember that. 
He was a special breed. He's I, res- I respect that kangaroo because that is actually an animal that I believe you you probably oh, could. But have you they, they sit down on their tails okay, okay, though, okay, okay. and they start kicking the fuck out of you. Yeah, you if you get hit by one of their kicks, that's probably <laughs> rupturing a spleen or something. Like those are gonna hurt. Okay, so you tried to go with like this huge like I'm a macho guy. I'm gonna kick a kangaroo's ass. But did you know that koalas have chlamydia? <laughs> no. You know every single okay, so wild I'm... koala, every single one, it's a hundred percent rate. Every single koala has yeah. chlamydia. So I'm going hand to hand combat with something infected by chlamydia, and I'm first off, a I'm gonna kick the koala's ass. I'm gonna cut down every aloe vera tree in all of Australia, and I'm not gonna contract chlamydia. Well, I don't think you have to start cutting down any trees after the fires. You know, I think don't they they're... don't they eat eucalyptus. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah, aloe. That's fact a, check. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, Get the that's fuck out of here with your koala shit. You can't even name the tree. Okay, so is oh, first things first, I'm gonna let the koala fuck Baka Jabbar. Got it. And he chlamydia. After he gets kicked in the face, I'd by still a kick, kangaroo. I'd still kick a kangaroo's oh. ass with chlamydia. <laughs> that chlamydia is not I don't know about down. That. How long can a person go with chlamydia before, like, it becomes an issue? Like, for the rest of your life? 13 years. <laughs> Is that experience? It's intuition, we'll call it. <laughs> Thank God it's not experience. <laughs> After last night, Baka. Well, Cole, what, would you, uh, what do you think is the biggest adult animal Okay, so I, I had a couple thoughts. Like... Like uh, like a female doe, you know, like a deer, you know, with no antlers, you know, I think you could get like start riding that shit and bring it down to the ground. But then I was thinking, if we're thinking, uh, if we're thinking like a giant, I think like 500 pounds manatee, you you bring a manatee out of water, I think it's an easy, easy kill. Well, have you seen the other guys? Yes. The movie with Will Ferrell. And, you know, the whole debate where if he was a tuna, they would get a taste for lion after um, Mark Wahlberg saying that he was a lion and come eat your tuna family. And then the tuna would build a series of breathing apparatuses out of kelp. And maybe they wouldn't last (laughs) an hour on land, but 45 minutes, 30 minutes, no problem. What if the manatees adapted that breathing apparatus 30 to 45 minutes on land would you still be able to take one on one on one uh, yes because first off first off i i don't care that you can breathe on land what's he gonna do is he gonna stand on his hind quarters and start gonna, boxing me it's gonna he's sit on you bro he's a what he's gonna sit, sit on, on you it's gonna it's gonna jump up in the air and belly flop and you're gonna be stuck under 600 pounds of pure manatee and then what are you gonna do I'm going to eat my way out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you could beat up a manatee. I don't think think if it's shallow water, water, like, like like tide is low and it's like got a little too like far up into the, into the beach. I think I could roll that motherfucker onto the beach and let us wait. They breathe air. Fuck. I didn't think about that. I thought I could suffocate the thing, but it breathes air. I think, I mean, you could suffocate a manatee. Okay. Then, okay. The manatee was last second. Okay, what is uh, we'll, we'll switch topics a little bit here, by half a second. 
what is the uh, like the uh, biggest predator like that eats like a carnivore that you think you could beat up with your bare hands? I could I could fuck up a bobcat. Yeah, but they're not very big though. Bobcats are pretty I'm, small. Like a mountain lion. Saying. I can fuck them oh, up. You think a mountain lion? I don't think I could. I don't. I think I'm bobcat. Bobcat and done, dude. I think I don't a think coyote. anything above a bobcat. What do I, you think? A coyote. I think you can get a coyote. I think I'm still gonna go small, but the Tasmania devil. Like I, I don't want to fuck up any cat creature because I'm basically a feline myself. I like naps. I like cuddling. I like to purr around things. So I'm gonna go for a Tasmanian devil, uh, because it's more like a mink-like creature, and I don't have to, you know, do anything to my own type of a creature, my my own inner essence. Okay, that's fair. If the chupacabra was real, do you guys think you guys beat it up with your own, with your bare hands? No. No. Hundred <laughs> percent. The chupacabra is real. I you, think yeah, we, it's, it's not it's not a it's not a question of is if it's like the question is when you're gonna run into a chupacabra and when you're gonna get yeah. fucked up yeah. <laughs> by the chupacabra. Where where does the chupacabra reside? It's uh, Mexico, um, right? Yeah, Mexico area. Yeah, um, so it's like a the southwest, I believe, in the United states. Those know? hotter climates. Yeah. Doesn't so like I'm the winter. We could yeah. probably find a chupacabra in like. I mean, Texas? Yeah, I, 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 I hear most like New Mexico, Arizona, you know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hot take. What if we're actually trying to build the wall, not for immigration, but to keep the chupacabras out? I think that makes a lot of sense. It's like Game of Thrones. They get the, the White Walkers get over the wall, it's game over. It's the same thing with the chupacabras. We gotta keep those fuckers out there. God damn. Dude. Like, it's not even drug tunnels. The chupacabra themselves are, like, digging tunnels underneath to try to get to America to kill all of our household pets. Guaranteed. Well, after this talk, they probably can fuck us up, too, if you guys can't take on a chupacabra one-on-one hand combat. Aren't you worried about this? Okay, no, because I think what needs to happen is you need to give me a wrench, and that's it. I think I could kill most things on this earth with a singular wrench. Monkey wrench, preferably. I just need my five wood. <laughs> it's five wood. That thing would snap. What, okay, what if there's two of the one animal? That thing would snap after the first one, and then what? You got to fucking... And then I got I got a long pull that sharp from it snapping, and I'm stabbing the other one right through the fucking skull. Uh, it's going to be It's gonna be a clean snap. It's going to be no, It's gonna be blunt. Then, I, then I'm screwed. If I don't got my five wood against the chupacabra, then I'm dead. And that's just that's just facts. Do you think if a chupacabra came and tried to destroy us, that we could summon Bigfoot from the Pacific Northwest to come down and attack them as well? Like that's that's our fucking animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those those are our fucking dudes. No need to have the chupacabra come in here when we have Bigfoot being able to defend us. That is true. Like you think about it, if the world if it came down to it. And it was Chupacabras versus Sasquatch. Sasquatch, Sasquatch wins every day of the way. It's like the thing is, yeah, I believe there's more Chupacabras out there than Sasquatches. So like, each like how many Sasquatches are there? Like one. No, there's a lot. There's Yetis. I mean, I mean, here we got Sasquatch. The, wh- we got we got Yetis like in the Arctic. What is the strongest like two-legged 
mythical creature like that? What is like the Yeti, the Sasquatch, the Bigfoot? Are they? What's the strongest of those? Like, I like, think it's the Antarctic Yeti. Yeah, that's what I always hear too. The Yeti's the strongest. Why is that? Why did? Why are they the strongest? Why can't Bigfoot be the strongest? They had to endure the most tenuous um, weather situations. Um, yeah, so they've they- had to adapt to survive in the Arctic. So first of all, they they had to be on top of the food chain. Second of all, they had to adapt. They've had to learn. They've they've had to hunt. They've had they had to feed. So they got to eat something, and they're big. So they you know they're hunting the 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 next biggest thing on the market. Yeah. So. But I will raise you a beer right here. Wouldn't, wouldn't you, you think, think the Bigfoot, Bigfoot is smarter, smarter for being has uh, has it's more in contact with humans than a Yeti? It's but it has never been seen. So wouldn't that creature be smarter because he's better at avoiding humans for thousands of years? Um, I believe they're all part of the same family, and when the continent split, they got put on different areas of the Earth. So, I feel like if there's humans in the Arctic, I mean, none of them have ever been discovered, so they all must be pretty good at being hidden, you know? But I'm saying, I'm saying the Bigfoot, the Pacific Northwest has a better chance of being seen by a pure number of people. Because in the Yetis in the fucking Himalayas, there's no one living well, there. Just... I mean, I'm not really worried about that, though. Like, I understand where you're going with this, but the Yetis have to, def- like, defend themselves against fucking polar bears. No, there's no, 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 the Yetis are from the Himalayas. They're not from the Arctic itself. What? Yeah, there's, there's no, no polar bears, bears out there. There, there ain't no, no fucking, there's, there's nothing out there. there. I don't know. There must be eating other Yetis. What do you think that would happen if they came down to sea level? With their lungs, because they've been so used to breathing that oxygen. You think? Yeah, you think they would? They get too much oxygen, just fucking. Just gonna they might just brain. pass out. Would their brains explode from from the changes? Actually, what might happen? It it might be similar to like when athletes take smelling salts, and Got like it. just hypes them up. So they might be hyped up. So that's why they're the strongest, because when they come down to the bigfoot level, they have that much lung capacity, and they're yeah, hyped up. Far. And that's that makes sense why they're stronger than the Bigfoot. They have a better lung capacity. That's a hundred percent. Hundred percent. All right, wow. next topic, Cole. Let's 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 get on to the next topic. Next topic. Okay. Well. Okay. This topic right here is I've I've been thinking about this because you know how people are shitting on Joe Burrow for having small hands. You know. Yeah. Have you heard? Yeah. Yeah. He's he's got nine inch hands. Okay. And I always, and I've always been told I have big hands. So, so let me. I want to see how big my hands are compared to Joe Burrow, because nine inches sounds pretty big, but in NFL standards, it's tiny. You know, for QB standards at least. Before you, before you get to measuring your hands and um, doing this, why, why does that matter? That's that's a big thing, of a uh, like. A lot of people are saying that too. Like, why does it matter? But like, the, supposedly the reason is because like worse climates and like fumbling. Like, if you're smaller, your hands, the harder it is to hang on to the football. You know, of an NFL football. It's, NFL football is pretty fucking big. So like, worse climates, it's hard to throw when it's wet and fumbling rates. You know, there has been some correlation with fumbling rates and hand size by quarterbacks. Like Jared Goff did lead. Did he like? He was like leading the. 
NFL last year and fumbling fumbles, and he had nine. He also has nine inch hands, which would be uh, same size as uh, Joe Burrow. But he was the number one pick what three years ago, something like that. So, but what's interesting is has there not been a lot of like relatively small quarterbacks in the league that have done well? But a lot of times the smaller ones do have bigger hands. Like Kyler Murray was the number one pick. What does that, that's last year, wasn't it? I can't even remember. Doesn't but, doesn't Drew Brees have nine inch hands? Does he? I I guess I don't know. And he is leading the NFL statistical category in a lot of um. But uh, the skeptics would say that is because he's in a dome. That is true. Because he's not playing in the weather. That's that's a whole hand argument. Is the weather affects you a lot when you have small hands, but. I, I don't know if I'm a believer, but I want to find out myself. I mean, like, one of the questions is why don't they standardize fields? Like, some of them have domes. Some of them are open years. Some of them are contractible roofs. Like, wh- why wouldn't they just standardize, like, dome play or playing in the elements? I think because, dome play would make the most sense. Because you have the you have those – the home field advantage, like – Think about Lambeau. They're never going to put a dome over the legendary Lambeau field. That is Wisconsin. That's Packer territory. That's That means snow. That means all this shit that happens outside. It means the cold. It brings a different aspect of football, so everything's not the same. So if yeah, you, I like that. I like that, too. I feel like everything, if it was in a dome in the same temperature, football would be a lot, lot more boring in my mind. Yeah, that boardsy. If you were looking for a dome football league, I got the league for you. It's called an arena football league. They only play in arenas, just domes. That's that's a solid climate. They they have the same exact conditions at all times. I think it's it's the best for scoring. And look look how they're doing. Like look at one of the most memorable football games of my life was the the snowball um, Eagles fucking game where LaShawn McCoy ran for like 258 yards and there was like eight feet of snow on the field it was ridiculous people were sliding through the snow and it was the most fun thing to watch like that makes that makes football fun for me when there's when there's elements like that like 50 mile per hour winds or like how are they gonna do in this kind of weather temperature winds it, it, it creates a new aspect which is interesting you know you 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 can't expect the same thing every time, and it's like, fuck, dude. We yeah. got fucking four feet of snow on the ground. What's going to happen? We know the football is going to be worse by far, but at the same time, you don't care. Cause it's like, fuck, it's like three degrees outside, and they're playing. It's like, well, the hell yeah. To wrap it back to, like, the, the hand concept, like, does it really, like, give you that much of an advantage to have bigger hands if everybody out there is struggling, even if they have 11 11- inch hands like they're still gonna fumble if they get hit when it's pouring rain like yeah it's not gonna make that much of a difference so the fact that they're making that big of a deal over the nine inch hands for joe burrow which is gonna be a generational talent is absurd to me well here's what i'm interested in cole you're you're above average in height or maybe average in quarterback land yeah um so what what size are your hands i saw you measuring with the measuring tape here yeah yeah i uh I looked up this morning how to how they uh, do this. They so they put your hand on a piece of paper and they fucking put two marks down. So I am six two by the way. So let's see my hand size is so that's the same size as Joe, Joe Burrow. I do believe, I believe he's six two. So my hand size 
unofficially, I'm gonna say ten. No, not maybe not. I'm gonna say ten unofficially. Ten inches, yes. Okay, so you have one extra inch than him. Do you think if you were an NFL quarterback, that would do anything? Uh, I've picked up like an NFL size football, and it's like that fucker is a big ass ball. But I don't believe that will really help you that much because uh, the draft is basically just a giant meat market that they have old, they have a ton of these old fucking drills that they make these kids do that don't prove anything. They have these shuffle drills and all this all this other crap that doesn't doesn't apply to NFL tape. I believe your tape from college, and then you and then maybe the interviews too that are the biggest thing. I agree because like you see everyone talking about like everyone gets hyped up about the the 40 yard dash time and then you look at like the last 10 receivers that ran like the fastest 40 yard dashes and you see where they ended up in NFL history or where they are right now and it's not very good like Michael Irving ran uh, a 4-5 or something and he goes that's why you never see a 4-2 receiver go down to NFL history like I did because the combine doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter how fast you run. It doesn't matter whatever. It is the intangibles. It, the biggest thing is like, as long as you're not slow, like four or five is still fucking fast. But like, as long as you're not five, five, then you're like, okay, you are really slow. But still like all those guys that run four twos, most of them can't catch. Yeah. So what's the point? You're running on the you're wide you might be wide open running on the field, sprinting down the field when the ball comes to you. You're you're Bernard Barry, fucking hitting off your hands. Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar, yeah. I think, and I am not a football fan here, but to play devil's advocate on speeds, it hypes up the rest of the world, which brings in money to the NFL. I I don't think. I don't think necessarily what they do down the road is as important as that moment. Like, I think making money in time periods and thinking about that certain time matters. So if you're able to hype up somebody that's running an extremely fast, what, 40? Like, I I think that's extremely important for ad revenue and making money and putting it into the NFL. Right, because you have the top people in the draft at all times. And then you have these fast fuckers that may not do anything, but they're going to make money through ad revenue and through hyping people up, like getting people to tune in to the Combine. So I, I, I think that's why it works that way. Yeah, the Combine's huge. It makes a ton of money. They, they, like, literally, they show it all day. It's on. There's a reason it's on all fucking day, because there's it's there's demand for it. People want to watch it, and it's, it is kind of interesting when you turn it on once in a while. Like, oh, shit, what's going on there? there let's see how fast this offensive lineman can run speaking of that did you see the offensive lineman that ran uh, like a a 5-1-1 or something (laughs) yeah that's that's fucking crazy like 6-4 like 300 or something this dude ran a 5-1 i think he was taller than that i think it was like six feet or the dude was just big dude and all you see on like these social media sites like twitter and instagram is did you guys see how fast this six whatever 300 pound offensive lineman ran the 40 like, that's going to raise his draft stock and eventually yeah. get him drafted higher just because of the combine. And, and just that, because 
it does makes... not affect him playing at all. Like, when yeah. is he ever going to have to run exactly. 40 yards? But it's it's exciting. It's marketing, you know? I think the thing about the NFL, if it, it, it it's a well-oiled machine in the fact that they are able to hype up people that should not be hyped up in any sense of the word. And when they get lost in transition to actually playing um, – professional football it doesn't really matter because the people that are already pros at the time are able to um, pick up that slack and bring the viewers in okay i can see that and those people that are running four twos are definitely not doing what we're doing here because they care about their health but we're going to review some beer Be- right before this nick did you guys see that luca don luca how do you pronounce that? Donchick. Yeah, Donchick. Donchick. He turned 21 last night, a couple nights ago, and he was there was a video posted of him at a bar, just hanging out. Like I think it was with uh, I can't remember who he was with, but just a video posting of him like drinking champagne. It's his 21st birthday, but they lost that game right before that. Do you think that's a big deal? Because I was on Twitter today, and people were ripping him apart. Like you're going to the bar after a loss, like. This kid is 21, his birthday. You only turned 21 once in your life. And he wasn't, like, sloppy drunk. He was just drinking champagne, having a good time. I think, and this is an unpopular opinion, but if you're a professional athlete, your body is literally what makes you money. And if your team doesn't want you to drink or your fans, who ultimately bring the money into your into your uh, place, don't want you to drink – then you need to stay out of the public eye and drink alone when you're in your hotel room. Even if you turn 21. You're growing you know up how quick. how hard that is, though? Like, as a 21-year-old kid with all the money in the world, all the fans in the world, and you're like, fuck, it's my 21st birthday. You know you know me and my 21st birthday. I, I blacked out by 6 p.m. Oh, it was earlier than that, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it was it, like, it, it, was, it might have been noon, you, and you started you, at 11.30. You turn 21 <laughs> once, you have fun with it, and they get deprived of that just for being an athlete. And they imagine okay. imagine being that with all that money, and like you have to be like the face of the franchise, and basically, I don't know. It, it's tough. It's a tough I, situation. Yeah, I think, I think, especially if you saw the video, he wasn't blacked out. He wasn't. He didn't even look drunk. He was like he was having fun, but he was drinking champagne and he was at a bar and they happened to lose that night. It's like, well, okay, like let the guy have some fun. Yeah, I've no. I problem. mean, when when your job is to win games and to be a leader and also be a public figure. Maybe maybe you shouldn't be drinking. I'm and like I said, this is the banter, baby. This is booze and banter. But I I believe. That as a 21-year-old man who was given the world because of his talents, like he wasn't, he's not even old enough to have worked for what he has. Then fuck, don't drink when people tell you not to drink. I'm I'm sorry, but he was given the world, and what he's gonna do is do what he wants with it. That's that's absolute bullshit. I don't like so, it. So now he's the worst person in the world for having champagne on his 21st birthday. I'm not saying he's the worst person in the world. But I'm I'm also saying that he needs to take accountability for what he's doing. I 100% disagree with you because that dude balls out and he is one of the nicest athletes in the world. So if this is what the booze and banter is gonna be, I'm always gonna take the guy that drinks side because I'm on the ah! booze side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I like it. I like it. Hell yeah. <laughs> Dropping the mic. Woo! 
All right, guys. So we're going to have a really good, really good review tonight. We are reviewing a couple uh, beers from Rogue Brewery. Uh, the first beer that we're reviewing is the Rogue Chocolate Stout. And the Rogue Chocolate Stout is a deep, dark, vicious, bursting with chocolate beer uh, that's legendary, legendary and will satisfy your daily chocolate craving. And the second one that we're reviewing is the Average Dead Guy Ale. And that one's just a carefully crafted ale that tastes delicious, has robust malt, and a sweetness that is balanced uh, by using hops liberally. So Cole's going to crack the first one. We're going to go with the Dead uh, dead Guy Ale first. Baca is remote today, so he's not able to experience the beauty of these beers. But Bach, mm-hmm. what are you drinking right now while we're cracking these? Um, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say this, but it's a uh, natural light seltzers, Aloha Beaches. Um, <laughs> it's it's Natty Lights and seltzers, you know. I mean, it's Natty Light. It's gonna be what it is. It's actually trash. I will say it right now. Not very good, but it gets the job done. So that is what I have reviewed today. I think the seltzer craze is extremely interesting right now because it it it. I just I don't get them. It's Everybody, like beer without barley. It's just carbonated water. Everybody's on seltzer. Like, Corona is coming out with seltzers soon. But Corona is. Corona seltzers are coming out soon. Bud Light seltzers just dropped. They got Natty Light seltzers. Keystone seltzers are in the stores right now, which I haven't tried. Maybe I'll review those next week because those look fire. Shout out to Keystone. Keystone seltzers, what are their flavors that they're coming with? I can look it up right here for you. But I just want to add right now. I want to add that uh, I picked the Rogue uh, Dead Guy Ale purely based on the label. We have a skeleton. Wait, wait, wait. I poured two. I poured two of the same. I thought you were gonna pour two of the same too. Here, I'll give you this one. Here. Yeah, that works. We're we're setting this up, but the labels are pretty sweet on here. It's like a skeleton sitting with his uh, arms crossed, holding a pint, and having a sweet hat on it. So, Cole, what do we want to try out first? Do we want to do the Dead Guy Ale, or do we want to start with the uh, 5% chocolate milk stout? I'm not going to lie. That stout looks nice. It has a deep, rich color. I have a beautiful head on here right now. I I got to try that. And We're going to try it real quick. That's very good. So first impressions of the chocolate stout is that it's not extremely heavy like an oatmeal stout. It's actually extremely drinkable. I would say it's more like an ale. At 5%, it's not the highest alcohol percentage, so you don't get any boozy aftertaste. But you do get that little chocolate one on there. This label for this chocolate stout is perfect. It has a glass with a, it looks like a bunch of like Hershey kisses kisses in this dra- glass. That's what it tastes like. It tastes like you're drinking chocolate, but in a good way because it's not heavy. It's super light, and it's it's is it infused with some kind of vanilla? Because I got some some vanilla going on. It is. It it has um chocolate flavoring added right oh. into the kiln. I don't know and if I. And then it has vanilla ice cream inside yeah, yeah. as well. I was going to say, it t- definitely have some vanilla. It's very light. Only 5%, which is a stout, which is, is I guess, Nick, you are the you are more stout expert than I am myself. Yeah. It's, that's pretty low, is it not? 
Yeah, that's relatively low for a stout. I mean, generally when I'm drinking stouts, I actually look to drink them with a higher alcohol percentage. Um, so you get that little bit of whiskey aftertaste. But this stout's extremely good for like a summer. If you like dark beer, like my wife, she likes dark beer. That's basically all she'll drink. This would be something that she would drink in the summer. And some things I think that would be like really good to pair this beer with, if you're just looking to pair it with something, would be aged cheddar, um, some pot roast actually like eat it with a pot roast while you're um, having dinner and vanilla ice cream actually you could make some awesome beer floats with this i i think i'm, I'm gonna have to do that because this would be if you a dolphin ice cream and then like a whole beer and then you're, you're drinking you're eating the ice cream i'm i i can't imagine if the ice cream kind of like melted a little bit in this beer that would be even crazier but uh yeah, I'm not a huge stout guy, especially in the summer. I'm not a huge stout guy, but in the winter, I do enjoy them because normally they're very heavy, at least in my opinion. They're very... yeah, this, is, this is a very good beer. It has a great head on it, and I would recommend it for anybody that enjoys stouts but doesn't want uh, something that's too crazy, crazy thick. Um, honestly, great beer. <laughs> I, I definitely think if you're like just getting into the stout game, this is the beer to try because it's super easy. Yeah. Yeah, we might have to hand deliver this to Brandon tonight, Baca tonight. Yeah, um, so Baca. the next beer that we're – oh, go ahead, Baca. Yeah, Baca, you're, you're not a big stout guy, are you? Or are I, you? I I'm not. It's like – first of all, like when I first started drinking beer, it was awful. I hated it. I think all beer who was is the first guy to, uh Who was the first guy to bring a beer into you? Um. Well, it was – Um. Our host today, Nick Boardwell, he uh, came over freshman year in college and said, we're drinking and playing 2K all night. I'm like, okay, let's get it. And I'm I'm expecting like some vodka, you know, a whole bottle like Kharkov or something. Guy comes over with Nord East Pounders. He goes, here you go, buddy. <laughs> And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> these these are disgusting, and I had to force them down my throat. But, I mean, I feel like all beer is an acquired taste. Like, you don't come out the womb, like, saying, hey, this is fucking good. Like, beer's good. You have to, you have to learn to appreciate it, and then you find the flavors, and then you really learn to love it. So, yeah, I think the thing about this stout specifically for, like, acquired taste is it does have that chocolate in it. Uh-huh. So it doesn't have that ailey flavor for people that may be new. If you put a scoop of ice cream in it, it may actually be quite delicious for people that don't like beer. I do agree with Cole um, on the fact that, um, like, during the summer months, it's a lot less um, appealing, I would say. Because when it's hot out, you don't want to put an IPA or a stout down your throat. You're kind of looking for something more light, something more, something more um, airy. A little fruity. Fruity. Little some fruity, citrus, yeah. you know. Some, some right. Ronas or something. Some, some, some easy. Some gold nails, whatever. Kona. Maybe a big wave? Yeah, there it is. Yeah, big wave. Favorite beer of all time right there. I actually... Uh, I follow this uh, Houston account on Twitter for like the last two years of my life. He has, he never followed me back. And <laughs> he tweeted out um, a picture of Kona Big Wave. And he goes, is this beer any good? And I replied. And I said, yeah, it's the best of all time. 
and then he we've been direct messaging about it, and he wasn't a big fan of it. He didn't like it. Did he you said, follow? Him? No, he fo- he followed me back <laughs> after we started talking. He he's like a Houston Rockets like uh, Twitter account, and um, but he said he he wasn't a big fan in, in the 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 last bit of like big wave in the bottle was really strong of like pineapple for him. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's like my go-to. Like, if I'm trying to enjoy beer, I'm going to get Big Wave. Um, it it could be like demographics. You could be like, he he's in Texas, we're in Fargo, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But yeah. yeah. So, so that, that again, guys, that was the chocolate stout by Rogue, Rogue Brewing. Brewing. They, they are out, out of Oregon, actually. I think I said California, but they're out of Oregon, and it was 5% alcohol volume. IBU was 69, and it was a very good beer. I do like this chart they have in the back of the bottle. It tells you if it's sweet, malty, bitter, what does it say, roast, and chocolate. And it's it, it, according to this chart, it's like middle of everything. So it's it's very, very easy drinker. It's very simple. We are going to move on to the... Bad Guy Ale by Rogue now. And this uh, ale, well, you know what? I'm actually going to just read to you what they say about it because I really appreciate what they're saying. They say, Our bold and complex mailbox-style ale that has been introducing countless beer drinkers to craft beer the world. What? So they have not done a very good job punctuating here. That has been introducing countless beer drinkers to the craft beer world for over 25 years. Uh, chock full of rich caramel malts and herbal hop nuances tied together with a balanced hop bitterness. This guy is still as drinkable as ever. Cole, you've got a look on okay. your face. I, I still have to try it. I still have to try okay. it. Okay. It sounds good. First, before you talk, it sounds good. Like It sounds like something okay. I would try. Okay. Let me try it one more time. One more time. And this this beer actually has 6.8%. And is this it just, has an IBU of 40. Is this just a normal ale? This is just a normal ale? I, I See, I, I like most beer. Like, I don't have a... I'm not a... I'm not huge into the craft scene like Nick or Bordzi is over here. He's, he's pretty big into it. But I do, like, enjoy brewers and stuff. But this beer, I... I'm going to say right now, I don't like it. I'm not a fan. It tastes like... I don't know. I have no idea what that tastes yeah, like. Yeah, so let me break down this beer now that I've tried a little bit. Uh, this beer has a very soft mouthfeel. Um, it's not extremely effervescent at all. So it almost tastes flat yes, in a sense. Yes, yes, yes. And it, so it when old. you have... Yeah, so when you have a beer with a soft mouthfeel, uh, all the flavors basically just like drop onto your taste buds, and that's what you're getting here. Yeah. Uh, you almost taste the metal inside of what it was brewed in, so it almost tastes like a copper penny, and it does have the caramel flavor at the end. I think with the 6.8%, this beer is a little boozy, and I think that's also not helping you very much because it is um, drying up on your tongue due to the alcohol content. Um, they've been sitting out here for a little bit because we've been talking for 15, 20 minutes, but this is a very good beer if you were drinking it at an Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. And it'll also be a very good beer to pair with uh, like a brat, maybe a good soup, 
Uh, you could also probably put this beer into a beer cheese soup. That would be very good. And I would recommend it with uh, like a Jersey Mike sub, honestly. Ooh, I think that I would be like, very good. Ooh. I would recommend this with a Jersey Mike sub. So for these two beards, the field stamp of approval is definitely on the stout. It's, that was delicious. That was really good. Granted, that trademark? Super field, easy. Field mark yeah. of approval? The field mark of approval, that is in process of being trademarked at, okay. the, at the moment. Got it. The chocolate stout, delicious. Granted, it was super easy to drink, super beginner. But the Rogue Bad Guy Ale, this might this might be the first time I had a beer that you told me was a, that really soft feel in their mouth. Maybe... It, Maybe I need to uh, experience more of it, you know, but uh, right now does not get stamp of approval. I think I think when you have a soft mouth feel in a beer, um, you have to be ready for it. So the next time you drink it, I think you will be ready for it. With a Session IPA, uh, it's very similar. So when we do get to reviewing Session IPAs, get ready for that. But we said in the intro that we would be telling them if they need to put these beers in their mini fridge or not. So... Which one are you putting in the mini fridge? I'm putting that stout in the fridge all day, every day. That was delicious. The other one, I did pick out the other one, but fuck that one. It's it's that's in the garbage can. I think I'd be putting the chocolate stout in their mini fridge as well. It's a very good beer, especially if you don't like stouts. Um, if you think you don't like stouts, to be honest with you, and if you really just drink things like Golden Light or Coors. Put that stout in your fridge, drink it with um, some cheese, eat some beef roast, you know, do that and drink this beer, put it over ice cream. It's very good. Brandon, are you going to be putting that, a Baca Jabara, I mean, I'm sorry. Are you going to be putting that in your mini fridge, the seltzer? I will not be putting the seltzer in my mini fridge, even though it is in my mini fridge right now. It was um, (laughs) bought by my roommate. Um, I was just too lazy to go to the liquor store today, so I had to purchase these off of him. Um, but no, I will not be putting natural light seltzers in my mini fridge. I do not recommend them. They will get the job done, but they are not very good. I've, uh, I've already forgot. So what is the flavor of these, uh, natural light seltzer? So I think they have two flavors. The one that I'm drinking right now is the Aloha Beaches flavor. It's um when mango it says on the can when mango and peach go beach mode. <laughs> so that sounds clean. I'm not gonna lie. Sounds corny. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely sounds corny. But I I have tried their other one. Um, is like the it's like the Catalina lime mixer. I think it's yeah, called. That sounds right. You know, that sounds like a marketing plan for, to me. I wasn't awful, but I still I'm still not going back to put those in my mini fridge. I would rather have a Bud Light seltzer or a White Claw compared Let's... to this seltzer. So, so that is 30% for tonight. Putting in our mini fridge, we're only putting one of our drinks that we tried. So, wh- what is 30%? That's the chance that that's the percentage that Bach is actually able to beat up a kangaroo. Ah! <laughs> uh, I give myself I give myself a hundred and three percent chance of being oh, up a kangaroo. Okay. There's no way I don't fuck up a kangaroo. Okay, that would. No, okay, okay. I think I have one more gla- one last question. Um, uh, guys, what do you think is like the best seltzers ranked? You know, right at, the, at this point of your life. White Claw, as of now. 
They are king. They got their formula down. They got the market down. They're making money. It's good. I mean, you know what you're going to get from a white class out there. Um, I would put, actually, honestly, and I, I would put uh, Bud Light Celsius number two. They really surprised me with the, the quality of seltzer that they put out. I was not expecting that at all from Budweiser. Um, they really did their thing, and they put out some good seltzers. I'm not going to lie. Uh, for three, uh, I guess I really haven't tried many seltzers other, other than this natty one, other than those two. So, is this natty I'll, better than the Truly? Natty is not better than the Truly's, no. Mm-hmm. I would drink a Truly before the Natty. All right. I'm going to go for minor here. So, number one, Truly. No, no qu- really? No, don't. This is my list. Yep. <laughs> number, <laughs> number one is Truly. I think that I feel very feminine when I'm drinking it. And when I want to drink a seltzer, I want to feel like I'm getting in touch with my feminine side. I want to sit down. I want to get a mani-pedi. <laughs> and I want it to splash beautiful vo- like water-soaked vodka in my mouth. Number two is the 90-calorie White Claw. Oh, no. I think, I think those are the best White Claws. Those are the best sucks. White Claws hand down. Those, Those are the, the best, best white claws hand down, and I think Luka Doncic, that should be all he's allowed to drink. <laughs> no, if it were up to you, he wouldn't drink at all. Yeah. You know, if, it, if it was up to me, and he had to drink one thing for the rest of his life, it is the 90-calorie white claw. That is hell. And then number three, I've only tried sipped of it, but the four loco seltzer. Oh! That, you're yeah. just wow, out of nowhere. I think that that seltzer uh, still tastes like a four loco. It's <laughs> yes, so it awful. So it, it it you know what it's gonna Wait, taste like. The caffeine. It has no caffeine. Nope. It's ba- it's basically a seltzer. It's like a hyped up four loco for people that like Lacroix, and uh, it's extremely that, good. That is a good explanation. I will give you that. It's a hipster four loco. Okay. All right, Cole. What's yours? I am very sick of the Bach. I I I gotta I gotta go with uh, the White Claw number one, and then the Bud Light number two, and then I I really don't like Truly, but I think at this point of what I've tried is Truly number three. Have you guys ever tried that? I can't remember what it's called, but it's the one with like the mermaid on the can. It's they're not. always yeah okay I guess not I but they're super cheap around here and they're fucking disgusting. They're the I wish I knew what they were called so I could call them out at this point. But that's gonna have to be for a later moment. So. But everyone's coming out with seltzers. We got Keystone seltzers in stores now, which we could try. We got Corona seltzers. Speaking of Corona, their sales are down to 33% in the United States because no one wants to buy anything that has to how, do with how, the coronavirus. How stupid are people? Like, first off, it, that's Corona's what I'm saying, dude. Shit, unless you have a lime. But you have to have a lime. Yeah, that that makes your beer shit if you have to have something with it. But it's okay. But how stupid are people? Are like they're not buying Corona because it has to do with the virus? That just proves that thirty percent of people should not be like able to vote. You know, Pro- proves how dumb thirty percent of Americans are. And I'll say right now. 
All right. Well, we're getting close to the hour mark, so I think we're going <laughs> to wrap it up before we get political here and start uh, insulting our great listeners. So that concludes episode one. Booze and Banter signing off. Boardsy, Fields, and Baka Jabbar. Hell yeah. Thanks, guys.